Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Colin. I'm Notch. And I'm Caleb. This week, there once was a man from Nantucket who kept all his cash in a bucket. But his daughter, named Nan, ran away with the man, and the Germans won on penalties for three. I'm absolutely addicted to the Hitman Sniper mobile phone game on Android. And this is not paid product placement, by the way. This is just me reflecting on the fact that I haven't been this into a video game in a really long time. And it's really repetitive. It's the same level with the same people moving in the same order. You just have to do different things each time. So I really shouldn't like this game as much as I do, but I do. And it's 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 weird. I, I find myself pulling it out at times that I shouldn't be pulling it out. You know, sometimes I pull it out in the bathroom, you know, like most people do. But mm-hmm. then... There are times when I'm I'm just sitting around at work and uh, I'm I'm in the bedroom and I I just I mean I have makes, these urges, guys. It makes sense to pull it out in the bedroom. It makes sense to pull it out in the bathroom. Um, pulling it out at work tends to be frowned upon. Um, he, he's talking about his phone to play the game, Colin, not anything else. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I. This is what happens when you just kind of tune out for like fifteen <laughs> seconds or something. Also, if anyone from the Hitman mobile shooter game for Android is listening, sponsor us because that's a great plug right there. You can pull it out, pull it out anywhere. <laughs> All right, are you guys excited for the um, SNES Classic? I am stoked for that. Or Although, you know, actually, uh, I have an even more classic SNES Classic. An original SNES. Nice. Is it all yellow on the top? Um, you know, it didn't get too much sun damage because it was in an entertainment center for so long. Uh-huh. My first gaming system was actually a PS1, so I never got into the Nintendo gaming systems. Early? Yeah. Uh, we had, like, bootleg Nintendos in India. They were kind of the... I forget what mine was known as. It was, like, the Metro or something weird like that. Uh you you can see where all my metrosexual habits come from. It's uh, but but you had all these game systems that were named weird stuff, but they were just basically Nintendo clones. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, they were all eight bits, so you got to play all the Nintendo games, but with none of the like actual Nintendo branded hardware. It was pretty much the same thing, but it's very strange. But let's move on into soccer really quick. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any soccer video game things to talk about. FIFA Football Manager. Let's do the whole podcast about those. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. I am actually considering buying a FIFA game for the first time this summer um, in in years. I think the last one I owned was FIFA 11. But having a game with my favorite team in it might be really cool. That's why I bought Football Manager 17. Yeah. So you could lose with Minnesota United in the virtual world as well. I will let you know that Minnesota fought valiantly in the 2020 Western Conference Final. Loss uh, of the Galaxy, unfortunately. Oh, shoot. Oh, I know. Bummer. Just can't get into MLS Cup Final. But that would be very cathartic to have to go come home from a horrible loss and go straight to the FIFA 18 and just kick ass. Fix it. As, yeah. <laughs> well, look, Chris Ramirez has five goals in 50 minutes. Suck it, L.A. <laughs> Kyle Lahren is actually now removed from the game because of his DUI, not let back in after 12 days. Oh, God, things got real. What? It's not real, real. Ah, okay. Very real. With that, let's move on to a real segment of the show that we call Loon Monitoring. In the Loon Monitoring segment, we talk about our favorite team, Minnesota United FC, which played two games this past week. Uh, the first game we must talk about, a victory finally, dear God, thank Yay, you. we uh, did it. Yeah, we beat Portland. Uh, there were five goals involved, but this time they came from two teams and not just one. Uh, <laughs> wow. I'm so happy. 
Yeah. Thank you for giving me such flashbacks. Yeah, you, you were there. You I were was. There at that whole, at the uh, MLS season opener for us, where we lost, what was it, 5-1, 5-2? It was 5-1. Five, one. Five, yeah. one. Three of those goals for Portland were after, like, the 85th minute. Exactly. Yeah. It was well, terrible. We don't need to think about that we anymore. because Demidov's heat death on the, on the pitch. Yeah, Jesus. Let, let's, let's forget about all that. And huh. reflect on the fact that we won this boss Wednesday 3-2. Scoring opening with Sam Cronin, forcing an own goal, and getting us the on the scoreboard first. Yeah. Um, uh, good off of a uh, corner by Ibsen, falls to Sam Cronin, and under crossing, probably would have found Christian Ramirez near the back post, but defenders right in front of him and tapped it in. Good. Thanks for that, that defender. Uh, made our work a lot easier. Just. Yeah, it was the start of a really terrible week for Amopia Kugo. We'll talk about that in future segments. Speaking of very terrible weeks, Bobby Shuttleworth was responsible for two penalties in two separate games this week. Shuttleworth out, I say. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> um, the one in this game definitely was his fault, um, 100%. Uh, ball bouncing into the... Into the, um, into the box. Into the box. He kind of runs over. I think it was it Valeri? Or yeah. Some Portland attacker. And really didn't make a great play on the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, clear penalty. Um, Valeri slots home. Even though Bobby guesses the right way, uh, Valeri had too much power on it and sent it for Portland's first goal. We should, while we're talking about Shuttleworth, just mention the fact that there was a rumor on a German website called RP Online that said, Vom Stieg in die USA oder nach Kasserlautern? Um... I, you know, I it sounds like the beginning of a Def Leppard song. <laughs> I was gonna say that's how the annexation of Poland starts, but anyway, um, you essentially the US U20 keeper who plays for uh, Fortuna Dusseldorf, uh, Justin von Stieg, is yeah, exactly, is uh, being rumored as a target from Manchester United FC, and apparently he's been promised a starting spot or contending for the starting spot, which is stupid. We don't know how accurate the support is. Um, I'd be okay with signing him. Don't right. guarantee him the, the starting spot. Bobby's playing very well. Yeah, please, please, please don't mess this up. We've got like a few things going for us right now. Bobby <laughs> Shuttleworth is one of them. Definitely. Let's just keep that. Speaking of in one place. of those few things going really well for us. Um, Christian Ramirez scored a very nice goal. Oh, I think you mean that boy scored. What was up with this Callum call, man? Like, that boy, that, that boy, boy does it again. That boy does it again. It's, it's always him. It's not always him. I went to Molino Star sometimes. I don't know started in this right. game. Gabo, later. Gabo, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Ha, there's, take that, Callum. Yeah. Freaking facts. There's so <laughs> many other goal scorers, But, dogs. I mean, great... No look pass on Molino. Wait, wait, you don't want to talk about this call some more? You want to talk about the goal? I want to talk about the goal. Cause <laughs> okay, all right. Great no look pass by Molino. First off, probably Ramirez. If it's on purpose, brilliant. I don't think it's on purpose. But he kind of pops up okay, to himself. Okay. So let, let us set the scene. Molino makes that no look pass from outside of the box, I think, up towards the center of the box. Mm-hmm. Ramirez gets first touch, chips it up. Kind of up in the air, not too far forward, and just kind of finishes with the outside of his boot over Gleason. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful goal. Um, if the first touch wasn't on purpose, the second touch definitely was. Beautiful yeah, goal by Ramirez. Yeah. How was he not called up for the gold cup? I ask hey, you again. You know what? 
let's not complain about that because we have no other strikers. Yeah. Let's just hey, let, 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 let's It's let a Dom, good thing that Dom he did Dwyer not go off up. and do his own thing. Flop <laughs> around for a couple months. Exactly. A couple weeks. <laughs> so, sorry. It's all good. Oh, uh, no, I fell over again. <laughs> wow, it's like Dom was in the room. <laughs> uh, Vitas gets the own goal uh, or forces an own goal for Portland. Yeah, to uh, Calvo sends it equalize. in to his own net. Again, kind of similar with the Portland own goal. If Calvo isn't there to knock it in, uh, Adi was right there to knock it in. And then Abu Dhabi is the hero by getting a rebound and putting it in. But then later, he goes in kind of rashly on Blanco. And when they're both on the ground, Blanco essentially kicks Abu Dhabi in the chest. Abu kicks back, both get a red card. I thought it was a little harsh on Abu given that he got a cleat to the chest. No. No. It's violent <sighs> conduct. It's by the rules of the of the book, it they both deserve to be sent off. I'm glad that Blanco was sent off as well. I thought it would just be Dunlady mm-hmm. for kicking out because I don't know if Uncle saw Blanco kick out first, but I think one of the Calvo or Ibsen was like in his ear, like, hey, no, this Blanco guy, and then did everything. You know, the more that I watched the replay of it, I'm pretty sure that Uncle knew that okay. Blanco had kicked first. He was just waiting for Blanco to like get back up before he gave him the red card. Hey, just trying to figure out maybe, like, maybe, maybe if he's actually hurt and stretchered off, you don't hurt his feelings more. Like, you know, oh, it's okay, let's let just be stretched. I would love to see somebody get a red card as they're being stretchered off. <laughs> like, it's probably I know happens. I don't want it's somebody to be stretchered happened. off of a game, but that would be hilarious. Uh, Blanco did get some some hate in the Timber subreddit saying that he's too much of a hothead to keep doing this and didn't pay too much to keep. Kind of not playing with, with composure. Yeah, it was hilarious to... Because I was actually sitting on the... Um, Timbers away section and um, they were razzing Dunlady as he was going down the tunnel and then the second that Blanco got the red card dead silent I wonder why (laughs) like you could hear crickets from over there it was great after this game 55.1 published an article about how all of us were basically wrong about Minnesota's NASL players and I had to agree and and a standout in this game has to be Brent Coleman. Yeah, Coleman was just all over the back line, was getting to every ball, and uh, just marked I mean, Fernando Adi out yeah, of the game. Exactly. That was Adi the was thing. in Coleman's back pocket throughout the entire game. And outside of the, the own goal, Adi never really had a real chance to score. And I've said it on Twitter, but I'm going to say it again. Ibsen is, if not the single most and one of the most important players on the pitch for us every single game. He's one of the most consistent players that we've had this year. Um, I've seen him make mistakes. Yeah. We'll get to that. And that happens. But it's... it's He's unbelievable. Who expected this? When you, when you saw him in, in, in 2015 and 2016, who expected this to happen? I think if you saw him early on in 2015, you could have expected it, but... The step up that he's made has just been phenomenal. At 33. Right. It's amazing. And you can see how he's drawing with Cronin, how he's drawing with the attackers and the defenders. They're looking for him when they're moving up the pitch. I was looking for him to yeah. either play him the ball and let him work his magic, or he might be he's directing people to um, where to go as well. He's kind of the quarterback almost of this team, mm-hmm. while Cronin's kind of the, I guess, defensive mastermind. 
Ibsen and Cronin are a great midfield pairing, and I hope we can keep them together for at least a couple more seasons. I like to think of Ibsen as the basher of the Ocean's Eleven crew. Okay, you just lost me with that movie reference. If you had so, been talking to me about about 11 years ago, we could have, like, that's when I watched Ocean's Eleven. Dude, come on. Ocean's Eleven is a fantastic movie, and not only that, uh-huh. it includes... One of his first lines being, sounds good, it'll be nice to play with proper villains again, and then them immediately running away from him, booby-trapping a cop car that explodes. He's like, ha ha ha, they weren't expecting that shit! That's like literally every single time that Ibsen touches the ball and does something ridiculous, that's what I think of. See, this made sense. Kind of. <laughs> this is what we should do all the time. Just make movie comparisons to what's just, happening on the pitch. One fact about Ocean's Eleven, I want to... Oh, I'm pretty sure you still think this. What is this, Ocean's Eleven cast? I convinced my, my friend and later roommate Jeff that Don Cheadle is from England because of that movie. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he still thinks that. So if you see Jeff around, he works for the club department. He's at every single United game up in the command center. Just don't tell him. Just like, yeah, Don Cheadle's English. Okay. Oh, yeah, sounds good. It's, speaking of uh, games, I think we should get back to talking about them. <laughs> uh, Minnesota United then over the weekend tied 2-2 with the Vancouver Whitecaps. After this game, everybody and their mother was jumping up on Johan Vanegas. You need a more dynamic number 10 in the way that Heath wants to play. And Johan didn't necessarily provide that. You know, he was... He was doing almost the hold-up play that you want like a, a more defensive center forward to be doing, somebody to you know, bring up the rest of the play. No, that number 10 needs to be the guy that's pushing things forward, making crisp, quick passes, and he just wasn't, wasn't firing. I do think that there's probably more in there, but he might just be a really good super sub. I don't think he's going to be satisfied with that role on our team. And and he seems to be a little bit of a moody guy. I mean, I don't want to put him down. Sometimes players need that for their motivation. Like, that's what they need to play well is to have, want to be on the pitch. But I, I don't know if, he, if he's going to be okay with being a sub at this point of his career. He's just 28, man. Yeah, and he is a starter for a exactly good... Concacaf team, but I mean, he, he needs to play better on the club level and kind of earn his spot. Uh, during this upcoming transfer window, Manuel says he wants to make a few moves and bring some more players in. And if one of those players kind of moves Johan out of his usual starting spot, he's going to have to start it up and try and play as hard as he can to, to on the pitch and on the training and in training to try to earn that spot back. You yeah. can't just coast on what he perceives as his right to start and play the entire 90. Well, early on in this game, Viva did make a terrible back pass, kind of sending it straight into the box, into air, and... uh Brekshe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> into Brekshe's path, and Shuttleworth had to basically bring Brekshe down, or Brekshe was going to run at he, goal. He almost had the ball, too. He was yeah. a split second yeah. away from getting the ball. Leads to a penalty. Were you surprised by all the people that were saying that that should have been a red or that it was a questionable red? Because that was a tactical foul. Um, I don't know. I'm glad it wasn't a red. Yeah, me too. Me too. I don't want to have our keeper sent off in the first half. That'd be horrible. In the first, like, 16 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
I mean, I think I could go either way. Like Caleb said, he was close to the ball. So I, you could make an argument that he was reaching for it. It was very kind of bang, bang. Break right. the ball. Yeah, what I'm, what I'm saying is it was an obvious yellow because it was a tackle foul rather than... Did he than, end up right. in yellow? Yeah. Okay, that's good. So Vancouver gets a second goal um, in, in, through a free kick. And how many times do we have to say it this year? Iron skillet time. We are not good at set pieces. No, uh, defending set pieces. This is something that this we're, team has to improve. We're not really good at attacking set pieces either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you like, name a corner or pick out... A, have we scored a goal on a corner that was actually on a ball that was sent in on a corner? And a, well, except for... I think the only one to think of is Ramirez's goal against Houston. Right. That's one. That's one this season. I feel like most teams have more goals on, on set pieces. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. If you if you start making a list of things we want to improve about this team, it's going to be slightly shorter to make the other we're list of things that are fine. We're an expansion yeah, right? side. We're an expansion side. Uh, well, in better news, though, the man wearing a customized Puro Vida Costa Rican huh. captain's awesome. banner, Francisco Calvo, scored his first goal for Minnesota. Phenomenal cross again by Kevin Molino. How we were all thinking like, oh, my God, how expensive is this guy? Completely worth it oh, for yeah. Kevin Molina. Yeah, he has he the goals, he has the fun. assists, he's kind of tacking on the assists lately. And so those dope fashion pictures on Instagram. <laughs> he's so ill. Yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> he's pretty good. Good follow but up in terms of Good run by tips. Calvo. He makes the interception, plays the ball away, and then keeps going up the field and is unmarked at the far post. And unmarked because, quite frankly, why would a center back be in the box in an attacking <laughs> There's move. There's actually a good video about this on MLS's Facebook page. I think uh, Matthew Doyle kind of narrates and how Cavill uh, is different from the average center back and how he's a modern center back slash sweeper. Hmm. It's, it, I thought it was interesting. I don't even know like Matthew Doyle, but I thought it was very interesting to watch. Matt Doyle's a smart guy. He gets on my nerves, so I had to like, unfollow him on Twitter. He's totally full of himself but anyway um Ibarra lays the ball off to Jerry Tison Jerry Jerry, Jerry Jerry forget the fact that he scores a goal but makes probably the best celebration of the year for Minnesota United flapping his wings like a loon gracefully Fly taking like off a lake that is TCF right. Bank Stadium's pitch beautiful just I love this man I want to be Jerry Tison's friend if you know Jerry Tison could you please introduce me to him um, I want to be his buddy this goes without saying for any Loons player if you want to come on the pod you're more than welcome to but yeah, especially especially for Jerome <laughs> Tison yeah if you want to come on the pod like just like, you know, grab, a be- grab a beer and hang out for a little bit like, he looks so happy yeah that like I'll, I'll just surreptitiously jump. open up my phone and turn on the microphone and yeah, we'll oh, we'll, have an we'll turn it into an interview. And sounds like he's not gonna come and hang out with you. I don't have any microphones, and I'm gonna hang out with you, Jerry. So uh, you should hang out with me. Uh, <laughs> finally, Kevin Molina has a shot cleared off the line by uh, Dave Ostad. Uh, he uh, he ousted the ball from near the goal. Okay, anyways. it was, it was fun cause, funny because Molina shot the ball or kind of deflected the ball in off of Bashim Tadri cross, and Ustad was actually moving out of the way of the ball, and somehow still got it with his shin. Like, yeah. he was completely fooled by Molino and still ended up walking out there. So all of the action in this game happened pretty far from us. But this was one of those moves that did happen below where the dark clouds were. And I saw it happen. I was like, oh, damn it. Then I went home and I was watching the highlights and I heard Kadri's name being said. I was like, you say what? 
Wait, it was Carter that did something? Huh? <laughs> that, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> you're just used to, like, hearing him being substituted on, that's it. Like, he just, yeah. like, disappears into air as he steps he, uh, on the pitch. He came on for Johan in this game and actually had some sort of an impact. So hopefully he can build on that. Um, still want to see him kind of hopefully make his way into the team. And once he also want to see Schuler. Yeah. Right, hopefully build himself up. So far, looking at the European signings, Really, only TSN has been of, a good pickup. Yeah, yeah. Of the is okay. Albuquerque's okay. He's but he's not gonna stick around. He's too expensive. He's, yeah, he's probably gonna go back to uh, Sweden. Yep. His loan runs out in I think in July. Yes. He hasn't been on the bench in a couple of games, so I think he's slowly phasing himself out of the team. All right. With that, we should move on to a little bit of uh, well, I don't know if it's off the pitch because it happened on match day, but a bit of news about some T4 drama that has occurred in this Vancouver Whitecaps game. I'm gonna kind of stay out of this discussion and just step in if something needs to be added or um, uh, mentioned. So you can you can take it away, Colin, please. So um, the long and short of it, uh, the Mill City Ultras had a uh, two hole that they were trying to bring in, um, honoring uh, Philando Castile believe it said something to the effect of injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. Um, they were not allowed to bring that in. Um, there's a lot of kerfuffle that happens um, that unfortunately also included um, team president Nick Rogers taking some kind of snarky shots on Twitter about people that were frustrated about this, how it looked as though it was immediately a political decision. Um, from what I've been able to gather through some of the other supporters groups that have been talking about this, it actually appears that Mill City didn't follow protocol correctly to get it approved. So, I mean, I'm not entirely clear if it would have been approved in the first place, but we that that's an unknown that we just that, yeah. That you got, did you did we can't really speculate on what yeah. would have happened if it was submitted for approval? So, as far as this situation goes, a lot of these supporters groups that are coming up, you know, it's great that there's a lot of new interest in the team, but when some of these groups don't understand protocol, don't understand the team's requirements, not only with the league, but also with, you know, just how things, how things operate. You know, they need to know that there are channels where chances are they're going to find receptive ears rather than just doing things and then getting mad when they're not able to. On the other side of that, I would also advise that it, the, the tweets that I saw from Nick were not in the best taste. Um, yeah, um, yeah, he, yeah. Nick Rogers, uh, meet me over at, at Camera 3 really quick. Camera 3? Camera, Camera three. 3. Go. Um, <laughs> hi, Nick. How's it going, buddy? Um, listen, when something pisses you off on Twitter, don't engage. Just, just don't. You're the highest level Minnesota United employee that has a personal Twitter account. It's verified. And that basically means that you end up speaking for the team. I know that you apologized afterwards. I know that you said, you know, these fans deserve a lot more respect. Give that respect in the first place, either by 
pointing out what team policy is so you can turn this into an instructive moment or by just not fucking saying anything because when you do say something and you're angry about it you're going to sound like an asshole i i am coming back to our discussion over here i just want to take a moment to say that i would support seeing this tifo in the stadium and absolutely i I don't know how minnesota united feels about displays like this but if they are going to keep something like this out if it's submitted for approval that would be a mistake in my opinion Mm -hmm. for a simple reason that We've seen many businesses that take overt stands that their community values. For example, Penzi Spices is outspokenly progressive. Um, in and out puts Bible verses on their cups. Uh, Chick Fil A. I don't need to say much more about that. They've been in the news. They are not companies that are struggling unless they take a stand against somebody's human rights. Chick Fil A got into a lot of trouble for its stand for donating to organizations that oppress people mm-hmm. but Penzies and in and out haven't got had the same issues as long as you're letting your fans express themselves to me that polarizes people it makes people have an opinion about your team and your community but at least it i'd say it brings more people in than it pushes away i think it gives your brand a sense of okay this is where these people stand you're not just another bland sports entity that does nothing you're you're part of the community embedded and and minnesota united also has quote-unquote deniability they if they don't want their brand associated with say this particular issue because and i'm not endorsing this view but say that they don't want to they, they see it as kind of um against police or something like that they can say okay that wasn't us. That was just our fans. They have deniability. It's and 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 simply put, isn't this what people say about soccer in this country? That the fans are engaged. That it's more of a sport for the person in the stadium than it is uh, in other sports. So part of that is allowing your fans to express their opinions. Nothing happens. It's oh, it's more people are gonna talk about you they're gonna say oh there was you know there was there was a group of minnesota united fans uh honoring philando and and speaking out against injustice that's so cool i'm gonna recommend this team to my friends because it seems like the people in the stadium have their heads screwed on straight i think that happens much more than anyone saying well i'm never going to a game again because of this like there's always that kind of um slippery slope thing that's always brought up i don't think that happens i think it's also i think it's appropriate for a team not to allow banners that put other people down specifically like if you're saying like hey this group uh political group are just complete assholes unless it's like racist or something but this this like particular group of people are assholes or i'm going to campaign for a particular candidate you don't want that but just allowing the community to express their opinions that's, that's a really good thing in my opinion having Letting people have opinions about your organization is okay than this kind of bland sports ball mentality that you see throughout the NFL and other sports in this country. Most sports. Yeah. yeah. One final note on this. Given that Minnesota United as a team have been really, I think, out front with, you know, supporting gay rights, um, you know, even marketing towards that. It strikes me as really, really odd that saying the LGBT community should be treated equally is less of a political statement than the cops shouldn't kill people and certainly should not be able to get away with it in jury trials. I mean, I I think having some advocacy for... Black Lives Matter 
is okay. I, th- mm-hmm. I think I think you're just standing out for 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 a group of people that have injustice in this country at the moment. And and I th- I think it, again just just to be f- frank with Minnesota United, we don't I I don't know the details about whether this TIFO would have been acceptable if it had been submitted for approval. So I can't really say about what the team. And my hope is that the team will treat these incidents on a case by case basis and be reasonable allow, about letting fans express these views rather than being like some other teams that have kicked people out for refugees welcome banners and things like that minnesota united throughout like you said they've supported athlete ally they've spoken out about wanting to be a good member of the community and i hope so so i hope that that is the reputation that they decide to go with rather than being one where it's like sticks to sports guys stick to sports and um i i will say though that in fairness to mill city ultras um, Nick Rogers did say on Twitter that the banner was not related to the club or the event, implying that it was a banner that should not have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that again meant that he would have not allowed it, but um, that was he did put that out there. So, anyway, complicated discussion. You can delve into it in detail on Twitter if you wish. Um, more to come, I am certain. With that, we are boys uh, at the point where we need to take a break. We've gone <laughs> way over in our first segment. I think this is the first time that has happened. Uh, We'll return with the rest of MLS news and just a little bit of news about soccer from around the world. So here's the important question, guys. What did you think of Lucha Libre Night? Um, I showed up too late for the actual bouts. (laughs) Uh, I was not there. I was at a wedding. I just saw all these stupid masks, and it was. I mean, everyone seemed to have a good time, so why not? You know, I'm. I'm <laughs> it's just again, it was a non sequitur. It's like, why? I'm just glad that people were able to take things home to their dungeon and have something new in their wardrobe. <laughs> all right, with that, let's move on to a segment that we call the major listing service. The joke here is that the major listing service, MLS, is what realtors used to sell houses. And hey, guess what? The abbreviation is the same as our major league soccer. All what right. a coincidence. <laughs> That's the joke. We're really witty. Uh, so midweek results, DC United beat Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> that, made, yes, that made the win against Portland so much sweeter that Atlanta lost. Uh, start off with the... Atlanta looking good. Uh, Julian Russell scored off a quick counter attack, but then Khan struck for Atlanta. He slipped on a, on a, on a clearance. They go straight to a DC's Acosta, who finished in the near post. Uh, Niarco for DC. What a finish by him outside the box. Uh, takes the ball off his chest, then finishes with his right boots in the far right corner. Uh, mm-hmm. DC takes the United East Derby. The rivalry that isn't. Yes. <laughs> uh, Colorado at home losing to... Damn it, lag! Someone rejigger the internet connection. Um, that's what you do with internet when it lags, right? Re- rejigger it. I mean... The internet is a bunch of yeah. tubes, guys, with trucks running. To- okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> You're supposed to put some Drano in those tubes when you get some lag. Um, so, it, Galaxy's Jack McBean with a brace... Um, First two goals of the season for Jack McBean. Yep, solid for him. A terrible, terrible giveaway uh, for his first goal leads to it. Um, and then Joao Pedro gets a, a pretty nice cross in. Um, not not terribly much else to say about this aside from... Uh, Tony Ford does a great karate impression and sweeps the leg of Bradford Jameson. Sweep the leg! Sweep the leg! <laughs> it's a giveaway penalty, which uh, Allison Jr. converts. Why didn't they give it to McBean? They should have given it to McBean. He did have a hat at trick. But also, don't start in a start for Colorado in his first start of the season. By the way, meow, Josh Cat getting the start. 
he and seems to be doing quite well. Missing. He had a rare opportunity to score in both games that he played this week and missed both. But that's what cats do. They're like over there like, oh, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do this thing. Then they go right up to like what they want to do. And they're like, nope, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. Walk away. Walk away. Walk away. Right, Mr. Cap. Right, Mr. Producer. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, he just said that's going to get edited out. Oh, damn it, damn it. Damn also more tuna. Do we have more tuna? Right. Uh, one team that is spectacularly imploding is Orlando, who began the week midweek by tying Seattle one-one uh, in Seattle. Um, so, n- newsflash here: Carlos Rivas still can't finish. Um, I know you guys are very shocked and amazed this is still happening. Uh, Will Bruin scored the first four. Uh, Seattle, uh, Bennett had a great game. Uh, really kept Orlando in the game. Uh, scramble outside the in the Orlando's box led to three Bendit saves. Ow. Thank you. Ow. I was waiting for you to do that. Ow. And no Sanders goal. Uh, Orlando ended up tying this game up on a stoppage time free kick by Taka that he deflected in off of Scott Suter's face. His own teammates, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure Taka planned this. So oh, this yeah. This happened. Yeah. Suter did not plan this. It, it was even more <laughs> planned than in my kickball game last night where I failed to make a catch at first base. It hit my ankle and then directly hit the uh, guy that was running from first to second, and he was out. Nice. It was so amazing. You are the caca of your kickball team. All right, moving to the weekend, we've got Toronto FC beating New England Revolution 2-0. I'm telling you guys, I'm calling it right now. When Toronto loses the MLS Cup this year, it's going to be one of those examples of, guys, MLS needs to get rid of the playoffs because the team that does really well over the long period of time doesn't win the title. That's going to happen... Any year. I mean, FC Dallas supporters were complaining last year that they won the regular season and were arguably the best team last year mm-hmm. and got knocked out early in the playoffs. We should save that discussion for when we have longer uh, time left right. in the uh, episode. <laughs> the one really notable thing that did happen over here was uh, a moment when Lee Wynn was able to, on a Giovinco penalty, he oh, was... Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. On the penalty, he rushes crazy, into yeah. the goal. No, yes. uh, on a free kick, he's he's kind of a little bit away from the goal, but he sees what Giovinco is going to do. And just before the ball is kicked, he runs back to the goal line, essentially lands exactly where Giovinco kicks the ball, is able to make a goal line clearance. Great awareness, Riley win. Yeah, yeah, excellent. Uh, the Texas Derby ended up 1-1 between Houston and FC Dallas. Uh Cuba Torres controlled a very, very nice long ball from Houston Fender. Uh, finished it right around Jessica Gonzalez for the first goal. Um, Matt I'm, Ar- I'm a fan of Cuba, by yeah, the way. Great goal by him. Great control. Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> Sorry. Are they talking dodges on the Houston team? No? Guys? Okay. Uh, <laughs> Matt equalizes for Dallas. Uh, arguably, Tyler Derrick should have done more to save that goal. In New York, it was Red Bull New York 0, NYCFC 2, and that's actually the number of seats that NYCFC fans stole from the stadium. <laughs> Speaking of TIFOs that weren't allowed in the stadium, um, it, that oh, was... Yeah. Yeah. Red Bull had one. Man, Red Bull, had a gr- uh, Red Bull supporter designed a TIFO where he had Bart Simpson writing on the chalkboard, I will not steal seats from my stadium to build my own, from other stadiums to build my own. Really witty. Bart Simpson wearing an NYCFC jersey that said 7 0 and had a pair of handcuffs on, on his hand. It was, it was amazing. So and it was not allowed in for no apparent reason at all. Someone please send some surgeons to the Red Bull New York offices uh, before you go and pour out some Red Bull on the sidewalk. Apparently, that's that helps. But uh, these Red Bull. FO people need to have sticks removed surgically from their butts for not allowing that default. This is uh, NYCFC's, I think, 
I'm pretty sure it's their first win in the what I'm going to call the Big Apple Derby. You mean the Hudson River Derby? I don't care. Big Apple is much better. <laughs> uh, Jack- it's funny because one team's on the other side of the Hudson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack Harrison with a great finish, a one-time finish in the upper 90. He had a similar shot from the other side of the goal that uh, Robles saved, but this one Robble, was, Robble. <laughs> had no chance. Uh, Luis Robles, in his defense, did keep uh, Red Bulls, the Red Bulls in, in this game because uh, from the get-go, NYCFC was on the front foot and didn't look, look, look like lighting up throughout the entire game. Uh, ben Sweat, former Tampa Bay Rowdy, yeah, who, former NASL who remembered player. that he was on an MLS team this year? I didn't. <laughs> and scored a great header that he was obviously mean to like cross over to the other side, but ended up going to the side netting on the, at the far post. But you got guys, NASL players just can't play in MLS. So, I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know why we're... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're terrible in MLS. Uh, in some sad news, Atlanta did get the win against Colorado, but oh, I guess it's, I mean, it's freaking Rapids. I mean, who doesn't beat it, them these days? It was right? really only a matter of time before they scored. They had so many golden opportunities, and like their one like kind of like half chance that Martinez had deflected off of Tim Howard and then. Every time Atlanta has a great goal, by the way, they, it always gets to the top of RMLS, and I just open it up on Monday morning. God damn it. He did it again. It, it wasn't even that great uh, of a goal. I thought their goal from the, their, their loss against DC United was a better goal, better team play. Although it, the better part of it was the celebration afterwards in which uh, yeah. Justin Martinez uh, jumped on the same platform that they have fire pyro going out of. Yeah. And like almost died. <laughs> like there's no other someone way to should put chat, it. Like, re, like today, someone should chat on Justin Martinez and see where his eyebrows are. If they're, they're still on his face or not. Because that was not safe at all. See, he's the guy who they have those warnings like, caution, hot, <laughs> like under the fire. Uh, uh, in, in the next match here, we finally concluded that ON is better than TED. The Union uh, defeated United. Uh, with Philadelphia finished this game 1-0 against Ted. DC. <laughs> uh, Furu Fafa, he continues his good form this year. Brilliant goal. Uh, nice volley up across from the other side of the box. The slides are right underneath Bill Hamid. Um, Only good because he went to Europe after he was in NASL. He was oh. the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Oh, yeah, former NASL forgotten. player. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that happening. <laughs> uh, we, uh, Gooch involved. Yeah, uh, I think it was a cross, or I can't remember if it was a cross or a shot into the box, but it is striking his arm in the box. Uh, so, concede the penalty for Lamar Nadal to get absolutely stonewalled by Andre Blake, one of the most underrated keepers in the league. He plays for the Philadelphia Union. Yeah, he's uh, been fantastic all year. Um, the other big headline from this game, um, Harris Mandunian and uh, actually convinced a referee not to give a red card because the referee thought that Lucho Acosta kicked him in the back. And it for didn't sportsmanship, happen. guys. Yay. All right. I, okay. His quote was actually really cool. Quote, I think you need to be honest, and I didn't feel a kick. It was a push. All right. Well, snaps, Good for him. But snaps for that guy. <laughs> if I missed coach, I'd still be pissed off. Like, come on, man. Don't say anything. Man. Oh, trust me. Oh, there yeah. were plenty of Philly players that were pissed off about that. All right. Columbus Crew 4, Montreal 1. Wow. Um, Fetty Hidwayin with a deflected free kick. Uh, found the back of the net for the first one. Uh, Jackson Hill was able to equalize quickly afterwards, but it was just all Columbus Crew after that. Yeah, the dominant second half. 
Kakuta Mane scores his first goal for the club. Um, didn't kind of see the relief on his face once that ball was in the back of the net. So that was great to see for him. Kind of off the mark for Columbus. He got the assist on the next goal, too. For Ola Tamara. And then Federico Hudwain uh, finished up the scoring for Columbus. Orlando's horrible week continued when they got thrashed 4-0 in Chicago. Ouch. David <laughs> motherfucking Akam is... I don't think his mom was very happy when his dad picked that middle name. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, it was that or Chewbacca. He was a very big Star Wars fan. I've said it. Right, we've had more time. I want to talk about. I would have want to talk about how Shadows attacking forces up there with Toronto's, but we won't talk about it this week. Uh, David Tom, first Ghanaian born player to score a hat trick in MLS. Um, first goal is two minutes in. Second goal is seven minutes in. He assists on Nicholas's 14th goal of the MLS season. And then scores his third off a penalty in the 62nd minute. If it's not Atom, it's Nitlich. If it's not Nitlich or Atom, it's Solidnak. They're so deadly up front. Yeah, I mean, Chicago versus Toronto, Eastern Conference final, basically, is what we're going to have. To play Minnesota in the final, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Uh, uh, LA Galaxy uh, ended up losing at home uh, 2-1 to Sporting Kansas City. Clement Diop. Ooh, howler. Howler. Catterwall. Uh, sort of goal uh deflected a shot from roger espinoza directly into his own net which is why you grab the ball and you don't try to punch it away because sometimes you punch it down and it goes straight past you <laughs> Ike Opara with a bicycle kick kind of but he's a center back so we'll kind of give it to him so let's just call it like a bicycle kick with training wheels <laughs> okay that, that works that works the san jose earthquakes beating real salt lake 2-1 um nick romando i think on the first the first goal if you had been just a little bit taller, you would have got to it. I wish I was, was a little, little bit taller. taller. I wish I was a baller. Anyway. San Jose's Nick Lima sent off for a second yellow. Uh, thoroughly deserved. Goes in. It was close to a straight up. red. Should have been a straight be red. I think since it's on, on a yellow, the ref was like, you know what? Just give you a yellow. You're sent off yeah. anyway. Um, I feel bad for you, man. But he's suspended for at least one game. We'll look forward and see if that rises up by a couple games because I was a Terrible two-footed lunge yeah. on the RSL player. Uh, Dom Tinier, head coach by San Jose, was recently, recently left the club, um, was released by the club, him and his, and his assistant coach. Um, John Spencer. Second uh, casualty of this MLS season after Real Salt Lake's head coach. You think Dom Tinier sticks around? Or is he done? Like, defines a coaching job? Yeah. Um, um, I, I kind of hope not. not. at... MLS level. Yeah. I think, That's what I was trying I to think say. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, a little preview for an, or more in the future sets headments. Uh, San Diego NSL. Yep. Could be the fit for him. Heineken rivalry week came out Heineken or went out as a crescendo, or I should say in a sweat with uh, Portland versus Seattle, where ground temperatures, I should say pitch temperatures in Portland, reached 168 degrees Fahrenheit in the afternoon, so the game had to be postponed. To the evening, where it was a more manageable, something like 90 degrees, I think, on the pitch. It, was, it wasn't that much lower, but um, still pretty hot. But the game could be played safely. Still not safely. as bad as 168. Right. Yeah. The game ended 2-2 with Clint Dempsey, super sub Clint Dempsey. Very upset about having to be a super sub. Very upset about that, but he ended up... He, he delivered I mean, being a super sub. If you want to get into this discussion about super sub Clint Dempsey, go on Twitter where it's being talked about ad nauseum. I'm just going to say I think he needs to embrace the damn role. He's getting old. So. Uh, Brad Evans was sent off for Seattle in controversial fashion. I think it was a straight red. Yeah, Anyone same. else think it wasn't? 
No. No, okay. Cool. Uh, the MLS All-Star jersey came out. Do we have any real thoughts about it? I, I don't really. I'm not going to buy it. I don't really care. It's it's worn for one game. I, I, I don't care. <laughs> I, 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 could literally less, I could literally not care less about this. So what about the Canadian Championship at the moment? Toronto FC is playing Montreal. How Do we have a result in that game yet? Is it over? I would imagine so, but I... I don't know the story. So Something maybe, happened. Maybe you should And a Canadian that team won okay. that game. Let's move on to a segment we call the Pyramid Scheme, where we talk about the rest of the U.S. soccer pyramid. First up, NASL announces expansion to San Diego. Hooray, hurrah, Demba ba. Serve me the, the San Diego Epsilons, or like, what, <laughs> what Greek letter are they going to be? Oblongs. <laughs> wow. Alphas. Size. Yeah, whatever. But. So, um, Dembaba, um, basically heading up a group of English-based, eventually at some point, uh, superstars. Johan Kabai, Eden Hazard, Musa So. Uh, the team's going to play at the University of San Diego while they scout out some locations for a soccer-specific stadium complex. And apparently in an interview, Demba Bob mentioned that there's a possibility he might actually play for the team that he owns. Um, At the end of his current contract in China, quote, why not? In June 2018, I can play anywhere I want. It's a possibility. I have put this club in the city because I believe in it. And if I believe in something, why not? That's right, guys. Don't let your dreams be dreams. (laughs) Do it. Okay. Uh, Rishi Seigal, the acting NASL commissioner, teased news of the ownership announcement for Jacksonville Armada in a serious XM interview with Jason Davis, I believe today, yeah. Today, indeed. Yeah, um, he said, quote, we're far down the line with one group. We've had several groups express interest. I think we're going to make a very exciting announcement in the next week. Stop, stop. You're giving me Bill Peterson flashbacks. Well, this is like exactly something Bill Peterson said. Wait, this isn't said. Bill Peterson that said that? Right, exactly, oh, okay. right? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm used to, like, Donald Trump saying things like, oh, we're going to have a tax bill out this in the next month. This is going to be the, the best it's, ownership it's be, group. It is going to be tremendous. You're going to be so tired of ownership groups when we have this ownership group. It is going to be the best ownership group. Okay. I mean, <laughs> granted, with Jacksonville kind of falling off over recent weeks, it seems like they're tired of winning. Oh, oh. Yes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> hey, a quick news bullet. Ricardo Silva posted a picture of Instagram of him at the Major League Soccer offices. Start speculating whether he's going to merge with Miami Beckham United, FC Real Beckham's United, Deportivo La Coruña. Inter. Moving along to U.S. salary caps. The OCSC scored four goals against the Sounders 2-3. Um, Orange County hit three <laughs> goals within 24 minutes following a penalty as well as an own goal. Uh, Sounders came back with two goals in the second half before the OC got an insurance goal in the 80th minute. High scoring match to say the very least. The Tane is dead. Long live the Tane. San Antonio have finally lost a game in USL. You mean uh, the Sting is dead. Long live the Sting. The Sting is well dead a long well time. Done. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it seems as though uh, Roxanne put on the red light oh God, shut for up. them. <laughs> move on, move on. <laughs> no. U.S. Open Cup, FC Dallas win 3-1. We got some games tomorrow. You're going to see them on Twitter. You don't need us to tell you what they are. Let's move on now to a segment we call The Sewer. Where we talk about the United States national teams and the Ninja Turtles within. 
And the Gold Cup roster was announced for the USM Men's National Team for this upcoming Gold Cup. Uh, a lot of people... The final roster. The final yeah, roster. Final roster. man roster. Probably people wondering why uh, there's not as many stars on there like, say, Christian Pulisic, uh, Michael Bradley, Jose Altador. It's more of a B-squad for the group stages. A lot of a lot of teams, major teams in the country have to actually do this. Um, apparently the Gold Cup before the World Cup isn't as big of a deal as the one after the World Cup. So we did a chance to see some uh, new faces in red, white, and blue, like Kenny Saif, who just recently uh, moved his uh, moved from Israel to the United States, and Dom Dwyer moved from England to the United States, and see if they, what they can do. Also, again, Chris, not sure why he's been called up. This isn't the Olympic diving team, exactly. <laughs> Christian Roldan and Tom Roll also looking for the first half for a U.S. Men's National Team. Yep, um, Jessica Gonzalez was also really strongly linked to be. Uh, getting his one-time switch so finished awesome. up. I'm so happy uh, It's still up in the air, but it seems like it's possible to happen before the knockout stage. So he might be one of those replacements, along with guys like Michael Bradley and Josie Altidore. In the interest of giving you time for the Reynolds wrap-up, I'm just going to say that instead of going fully into the segment, there's exactly one bit of news this week from England. That is that Mohamed Salah... To Liverpool has finally been confirmed. Caleb reaches for the sky, points yes. up to it, and says things like, yes. Um, yes. Great player, played for Roma. He kind is has that label of a Chelsea reject, but so does Romelu Lukaku. I'm pretty Kevin sure half the Premier League at this point <laughs> has at some point played for Chelsea. Yeah. So there we go. Let's move into a segment we call They Don't Call It Soccer in brackets. Some do, though, where we talk about soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't mentioned already. The big piece of news this week is that German publication Bild, or I should say Bild, uh, they get a copy of the Garcia Report. Uh, sorry, I, I apologize Please to all stop. Germans <laughs> listening to this uh, episode. Um, the Garcia Report, which is... Uh, they, they, they said, we're going to start publishing it. <laughs> and then instead of letting them publish little explosive bite after bite, FIFA said, yeah, screw you, we're just going to release the whole thing the morning before you release it yourselves. Yeah. You have a lot to say about this, obviously. <laughs> so much stuff. Um, okay, first of all, what was the Garcia Report? So the Garcia Report uh, was the 2014 outline of the investigation into corrupt bid practices for the 2018 and 2022 World Cups. Which uh, was very controversial, the fact that it was held confidential, not released. Very much so. Um, if anything, um, the official FIFA release of this was actually an abridged 42 page report that contained multiple inaccuracies <laughs> and apparently uh, intentional we need a report on the report we fake do news. need a fake news yeah um in any case uh the report didn't actually contain any direct evidence that votes were purchased by any of the um organizations involved but it did strongly suggest quote appearances of impropriety by the way if you like control find those like just type that phrase in it shows up all the time it's great um that'd be a great band name appearances of impropriety i'm kind of a mouthful yeah. <laughs> hello st paul we are appearance of impropriety I think it works. I think it works. Just think about it. Just think about it. If you're yeah. starting a band, you should do it. Um, in any case, um, Qatari closeness between government officials and the bid committee was something that came up very, very 
thoroughly. Um, there's also some favor trading to influence votes, not necessarily a quid pro quo, but some issues there. Um, there are also numerous efforts by the exec co members to stymie the investigation. Um, a lot of basically things need to be fixed so they're not ridiculously corrupt stuff that was going on in the Garcia report rather than saying there was out and out bribery going on. All right, moving along, let's talk about the Confed Cup because we completely glossed over it last week. Uh, um, what would re- you get? Really, no surprises in the group stages. Um, Chile started a little bit, but. Um, I saw uh, hashtag Jur versus CHI, by the way, and I was like, the Chicago Fire are getting their shot against the World Championship. The road to Russia starts <laughs> here. And then it turned out to be Chile. Yeah, unfortunately, Bastian Schwanzheiter won't make an appearance for Chicago <laughs> or Germany in this uh, tournament. Uh, really no surprises, though. Uh, the NATO stages are set. Portugal versus Chile on Wednesday. Um, whenever you listen to this on the 28th. And then Germany versus Mexico on Thursday, 29th. Uh, Mexico is going to be without um, Guardado, who picked up a second yellow card in group stages, so will be suspended for this game. Also, Chicharito might be out with an injury with muscle fatigue. Or he might not. Who knows? Okay. Uh, moving along to the U- under-21 Euros tournament, England to Germany to Germany go through on penalties proving once again that soccer is a game where 22 men chase after a ball for 90 minutes or for 120 minutes and then the Germans win on penalties this, do you want to say anything about it or no okay. let's just leave a it great to game by Will Hughes who recently moved from Derby County to Watford Spain beat Italy 3-1 Sal Negan, like, does he like smash people with a barbed wire studded baseball bat? Niguez scored a hat trick that consigned Italy to defeat. All right, with that, we should move into a segment that we call the Reynolds Wrap Up with Colin, where he takes a conspiracy theory that you've been thinking about and makes sense of it for you. What do we have for this week, Colin? So we mentioned this breaking news tidbit that Ricardo Silva posted on Instagram that he was at MLS headquarters today. Now, usually we would think, hey, why would an NASL owner just show up at MLS headquarters? What's going on here? Even more red flags pop up because this is the Miami FC owner who, you know, just so happens to be in the exact same market as the Miami Beckham enters whatever the heck you want to append upon it. Now, here's a little thing you want to do, though. If you look in the bottom right hand corner, I know usually we go down into the left with these things, (laughs) but to the left, back into the left, down to the right. Down to the right for this. <laughs> Down to the right, you'll see a little reflection. It it almost looks like a watermark, but it, it's a reflection of Bill Edwards. <gasps> yeah, that's there he right. Is. The exact same Tampa Bay Rowdies owner who purchased all of the rights to the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Now, I'm not saying the Strikers aren't dead, but... Sources are telling me that Edwards is looking to sell those rights to Ricardo Silva in order for Silva to swoop in and take over the MLS bid in Miami from Miami Beckham United. Here's why this actually makes a little bit of sense. Miami Beckham United have a $50 million expansion fee 
rather than the 200 million that other MLS prospective owners would have to pay. If a $50 million bid is coming in, that just totally devalues the entire process because, of course, MLS really cares about process. Right, guys? Right? Absolutely. Yeah, totally. 100%. So watch this space because I'm pretty sure that we've got a lot of issues with this whole MLS USL takeover stuff with Bill Edwards being involved and it looks like they're going to screw over their biggest star in MLS history. I just want to mention something that I just thought about, too. Bill Edwards? Bill? Build was in the news for the Garcia Report. And the Bilderberg Group is a shadowy group of globalists that meet and make decisions that affect all of our lives. I'm just saying this could go straight to the top. I mean, it, it, there's some extra levels above the Bilderberg group, but we won't discuss those. Yeah, if you look I'm, very I'm a closely bit, at the back of the dollar bill, you can see them above the little eye. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit too worried about my safety to even be talking about the Bilderberg group. So uh, why don't we just uh, say where just we can find you ones. on social media? <laughs> All right, you can find me on social media at TWO United Fans. Where can the good people find the two of you? I'm at K Olson seven sixteen. Also, right for fifty five one. Have some stuff coming up. Hopefully for the Gold Cup when that comes around. Also, uh, special thanks to Tectonics. We mentioned them in a little while. If you enjoy the intro and outro music for this podcast, it's their song Lustless. You can find it on uh, on YouTube and uh, I think iTunes and Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Uh, you can find me at the attachments where occasionally I'll post takes about Minnesota United games so long as my phone does not die during the second half. You can find this podcast on fine podcast providers everywhere and on 55.1. You can also please tell your friends about this podcast. We do enjoy having new listeners. If you have questions for us, feedback, send that to us on Twitter. With that, we bid you adieu and we will return next week with another episode of We Call It Soccer. Soccer.